so Dave, we have uh, we have with us today the guy who's got maybe the coolest job at Red Hat, I think. Yes, I agree. I agree. Next, next to yours. <laughs> I mean, his whole job is he just goes to customers and tells them what we're doing and finds out what they're doing and uh, basically, I mean, he's, he's like our he's like our number one technical ambassador. I don't know. Anyway, this is Jan Mark Holzer. Jan Mark, say hello to everybody. Yes. Hey, good to be here. Glad, glad I'm invited. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I certainly have a great job, but also get to work with some very, very cool people in Red Hat and actually also with our customers where we have lots of, lots of interesting interaction with them. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. So, so Jan Mark, was that accurate? Like technical ambassador? I don't know. How do you describe what it is that you do? Because you have a very specific job that really yeah. nobody else at Red Hat does, right? Right. Yeah. So, well, nobody wants it, Red Hat, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really have a, have a, a great job where basically I get to see a lot of customers and, and also help a lot of our field people to evangelize sort of new technology, upcoming product ideas, talk to customers, how they can use our product portfolio, um, what we are up to for the future over the next 18, 20, 24 months, for example, um, and also then work with customers to actually um, start deploying and implementing some of the new technologies. Mm -hmm. um, examples are like, for example, recently OpenStack, sort of for, for the first two years, I've been helping a lot with our early adopter program, getting customers kind of to, to look at OpenStack and how to sort of start correctly architecture deployment. So yeah, and I always joking say, I breed pandas at Red Hat. And if they, if they survive, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to visualize that. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's a great job. And uh, it's just very re rewarding to, to work with customers and the field. And I think if you, if, if I, I always try to sum it up in one sentence, someone once and I would say, I'd rather have a bad day at the customer than a good day in the office. So that's why I'm always out with customers and we always learn from customers either if they're happy or unhappy. Um, so it's always a great opportunity to bring feedback back into engineering, which is the other thing I often do is translate customer needs requirements into engineering speak. So, yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was going to ask you about. Cause it's, I know, like Gunnar and I have known you for years and, and you guys have uh, like you in particular have been such a great um, bridge into the engineering organization for us to bring customers in and visit with them and all that. And I, I, I can cite specific examples of where we've changed our roadmap mm. due to customer input, uh, yeah. whether it's good or bad, or they want a change or they want something packaged differently. Um, and, and, you know, you're able to provide that for us so that that's, that's pretty cool. But what are, what are some of the other things that like, the customers, uh, like, do you have any uh, examples of, of like uh, customers that, that were, um, they were able to get like uh, an, an early advantage? So for instance, if you have um, in the open source community, if somebody just looks at what's on GitHub and they pull that code down, they could see what's there today, but they don't get that look into what's in the future. Um, but like, for instance, do you, what are some good areas where you've had relationships with customers to be able to help get them to market faster and help us come wow. up with better products. Yeah, I think that, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, clearly we have been commoditizing Linux in the enterprise and provide or make open source enterprise consumable for many, many years. And it started out with Linux and we've done this now with many other technologies, being a middleware, being it, for example, cloud management, virtualization, you name it. And um, so I get to deal a lot with 
yeah, some of what I call the bleeding edge type customers on yeah. the West Coast, all of the movie studios, internet companies on Wall Street, a lot of the investment banks, for example, they all really push the envelope around technology and have been usually early adopters of technology, of new technology. Um, and um, the nice thing is they often embark on, well, we use upstream, we use early sort of code from the source repos, but then they really realize why would we as a customer spend, for example, time, money, effort to kind of make something work in our environment as we have a partner like Reddit who provides sort of the whole discipline around yeah, code quality, certification, QA efforts, ISV certification, and we as a customer can now concentrate adding value on top of the infrastructure work. Um, and for a couple of examples, like years back, a very large online book retailer <laughs> um, started out on Linux and they ended up having, I think, over 300 different kernel versions because they built their own kernels at their own environment and it just became totally unmanageable. So we came in, started sort of talking to them about Red and Enterprise Linux, how we could maybe help that. And actually within two years got down to literally a handful of kernel builds um, and they ended up using the standard distribution um, for yeah, their retail side or for their cloud environment um, and then spent all their efforts on building tooling on top of it where the real value is. Um, we have the same like on Wall Street where those customers push the envelope with some of the newer technologies where we for example, right now, there's all the buzz around Docker as a new container capability. And we have customers who really actively engage with us already on Docker. It's too early for like the production employ deployment in the context of there is not yet a officially supported RHEL build, but we work with them to actually drive towards, for example, a real product. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also the management, the, the discipline around, for example, how do you actually tie this into lifecycle management? How do you tie this into, for example, uh, patching discipline, all these things, which otherwise totally get forgotten if you build this all yourself. So yeah, and, and I think we also provide the, the economy of scale too. Yes, if just that book retailer, if they're the ones that did it, they, it would only be useful to them, and every dollar of engineering resources that they put into it would be applicable right. to them. Yeah. Whereas if going with Red Hat, you know, and we productize it, it's all the you know, people in the government and all uh, people can take advantage of that change. And that allows the engineering investment to go a lot further. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what we also bring to the table and help customers actually to build communities amongst customers. So mm -hmm. it's not just, yeah, you're not the only one doing this. There are like five other customers who are looking at the same technology or problem. And why don't we play the catalyst, for example, yeah. um, and do some of the heavy lifting for all of you. And then you, again, among you provide us input as a customer and you steer, like you said earlier, product directions, for example, features you need. And we, for example, then help driving those upstream, these technologies. Because I think the other part is just the customer relationship with Red Hat, I think, is different than coming sort of to a traditional enterprise vendor. And I mean, I, my history is I work for digital equipment, Compaq, HP, so I've seen it going through big companies where if you as a customer ask for a feature, it usually involves a large monetary amount and it will take forever to for the feature to appear, if at all. Where I think uh, with Red Hat, um, customers have a very direct connection to engineering and, and get really their voice heard via people like you, Gunnar, myself, for example, and, and we have direct contacts into engineering and can really help 
driving the roadmap and driving the implementations, for example. So, and, and again, be the ambassador for the customer in the upstream communities as well. That's good. So, Jan-Marc, um, I mean, you travel more than anyone, literally anybody I know in the world. Um, <laughs> how, many, how many miles did you, did you log last year? Do you know? Well, I, I, honestly, I, I, I stopped counting miles. I, I, added, I added up the hours I'm in, in the air. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually funny. I really did. So, it actually was funny. I think I ended up in like two and a half months in air. So, I told, I told Brian, Brian Stevens, my manager, I actually worked 50 15 months because I, I tend to travel during the day because it's a waste of time. So I usually take like red eyes or fly on weekends or whatever. Yeah. So, so I, I have to talk to Brian about my compensation. I need to be paid two months more salary. So. Like a tax break because you're yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't on ground. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I travel a lot. But um, again, it's, and I've done this for many, many years. So, um, but it is rewarding. I don't do it yeah. because I have to. It's just really my own choice. I could just decide, nah, I'm happy sitting in the office, just do some calls or whatever, but I'd rather be in front of the customer and also, again, help really the field people to kind of have somebody who can talk about, yeah, products, futures without sort of having this pressure of having to make a sales pitch. Because um, right. I think the challenge for everybody out in the field is there's always the pressure, I need to figure out was it, what is the next deal, how can I uh, sell something, and I don't have any pressure in terms of, and I'm kind of a neutral person. So I actually had recently a, a side story. I was actually recently brought into um, a big uh, retail customer where they wanted to know what's happening in the cloud market um, and what we see happening in the cloud market, but they actually explicitly asked for, for somebody to come who will not talk about product. Um, so it was quite funny. So I had to prepare like an hour and a half session around cloud and what's happening. Um, but yeah, don't mention any Red Hat products, which was fine. And, and we Red Hat embraced those conversations where I think um, other vendors would always try to pitch their products. Right. Um, so it was a great conversation, turned out to be very interactive. And it actually turned out to be uncovered some real, for example, interesting use cases and actually opportunities, for example, in our in this particular case, the data integration platform from JBoss, where they have lots of distributed stores, they're all franchised, they had lots of data privacy concerns, especially out in Europe, but want to data mine all these data, all this data, but they can't move the data out of the country. And this particular capability would allow them to still do like data analytics, but still touch only data remotely in different locations, for example. So, so yeah, they often lead just to conversation. Hey, there might be an opportunity in a total different area, and um, just again help uncovering those little diamonds. So. Yeah. Well, one of the other neat things too is that I know that, that Gunnar and I get that perspective from public sector, and you know, we, we know what's going on in the U.S. federal government or in DOD or intelligence community or in the state, local education government. Um, and But you have this, it's a global reach and it's across industries. And I, I think that's one of the other things too that I think people really enjoy hearing because mm -hmm. it's uh, somebody may have a quote unquote big data problem in, in the government um, and then we'll, we'll bring them up to Westford, visit with you yeah. and you'll, you'll bring some engineers in. But you could cite examples of that, oh, this is how this Hollywood studio right. handles big data, or this is how this, this big internet company does it. And you could, you could make these connections and, and talk about, well, here are patterns that I see, and here's, here are areas where it's you know, of, of 
uh, I'm starting to see similarities right. and you know, would this be applicable to you guys? And, and it really helps them out understand the, the broader industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's also good for us because a lot, some, we know some of the customers who push the envelope, they kind of pave the road for what will be mainstream in two or three years time. So it's yeah. great for us to kind of actually have people who drive with us technology, it matures, and then it just becomes volume technology in the end. But yeah, absolutely. And, and having sort of this cross industry yeah. uh, view is, is very valuable. And uh, it actually ends often up that a lot of those customers enjoy talking to each other. Yes. So we kind of often oh, exactly. just orchestrate the conversation between customers across total different business segments, for example, yeah. or sometimes even within their community. So an example is recently, everybody wants to talk about OpenStack, OpenStack is the shiny object today. But um, we actually organized a, uh, an OpenStack roundtable in New York City a couple of weeks ago um, where we brought in like um, everybody, in, anybody interested on the FSI, on the financial services side, to just talk about their experience around OpenStack because they're early adopters of it and not product pitch, nothing. We brought in some of our key upstream people like Mark McLaughlin, Chris Wright and others. And the whole day was just an exchange. What are the challenges? What can we do to make OpenStack more consumable, easier to deploy, for example, but all in the context of upstream. Um, and customers liked it a lot. And actually the funny thing, at the end of the day, uh, one of the customers said, when can we have the next one? I'm willing to host it in June. So oh, we nice. actually literally are now under pressure to do the next round table um, and the customers love it. And um, the nice thing is for us, we've done this in the past. We've done it 10 years ago with Linux on Wall Street. So mm -hmm. that's why we kind of figured we do the same now with OpenStack to give them just a forum where they can talk. And I think we can do this with lots of other technologies. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely has been very successful for us. So do, do competitors, when they get in the same room, are they very guarded or how do no, not not. It's it's actually surprising. So I think you see it by industry segments. So like Wall Street from the infrastructure side, very similar to the movie studios. They share all of the infrastructure uh, information. So I always joke if I visit a certain studio in LA, for example, and I go literally down the road to the other studio, they usually know what I talk to them about. Yeah. Um, so it's like almost instant notification. Because um, I think the one thing which is similar between them is they don't see the IT infrastructure as a competitive differentiator. They see, again, the tooling on top, like on the movie side, how my tools to build animation movies on Wall Street, like the algorithms for trading, whatever it might be. But they don't see the infrastructure as the competitive differentiator, but they see it as really important. But they also understand if we work together to build like stable and scalable infrastructure, we have a better chance to actually achieve this than if I do it just on my own. Yeah, sounds um, like open compute. Yeah, well, sort of. Some yeah. of them actually look, it's funny if you mention it, we actually have seen now a couple of inquiries from customers who are more serious about open compute. Yeah. Uh, in the past, we all said, well, we will see how it turns out, but we actually have seen customers who have now actually actively ordered open compute servers. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, I mean, I think there's definitely uh, an opportunity there. Um, mm -hmm. To, to see how this would go. All the, all the other tech, like ARM, for example, comes up in conversations now more and more, for example. Um, so yeah, no, definitely really interesting times and never boring, so. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Mark, do you have any travel tips for people? Uh, probably right. Up. Knowing that you've traveled 10 times more than probably anyone else who's listening to this show? Travel, well, number one travel tip is don't eat airline food. <laughs> 
<laughs> so no, it's I don't know. I, I never eat airline food and and well the number one travel tip would be also never sit next to me because I'm the le- I'm the most anti-social traveler you will ever find because I, I I really don't talk to people when I fly. I just sit in my seat and stare at my my uh, uh, Kindle or laptop and uh, don't don't want to have any well I don't it's not I don't want to co- have conversation. I just don't actively look for conversation. Yeah. But we all have been there. There are people who want to talk. Absolutely sure. But um, actually, it's funny working at Reddit. I think often, and we all run into this when they ask what you do. It actually is really hard to explain what to do. Who somebody who is not in specifically aware of open source and Linux, but. We all had the experience with the Red Hat ladies and, oh, right. and stuff. So, but yeah, no travel tips. I mean, I think I don't know. I don't have like really very specific ones, but I think we all know about certain airports to avoid at certain times of the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like Chicago always. <laughs> well, actually, I, I I had pretty good luck with Chicago, except for well, fun side story. Last week, uh, I was supposed to fly from Chicago to New York on the hourly shuttle, and it only took eight hours. <laughs> and the funny part, it applied. To to us actually because the funny part is it took eight hours because the plane was delayed by six hours because of a software update gone wrong and they had to reapply the software update <laughs> it was united and uh, they run mostly on windows and it was tuesday so it must have been patched tuesday oh. so, <laughs> what was the last windows 95 patch yeah they're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so but yeah no no i think um usually i is it? I, I I try to travel sort of uh, reasonable in the context of try to be there early. So yeah, don't kill yourself. Right. Well, and, and also make sure you actually show up and don't be there like a, a minute before the meeting or whatever. Because I always feel bad for customers when they invest the time to meet with us. And then sort of we would call like last minute, oh, sorry, can't make it or whatever. Um, personally, actually, I like traveling in winter better than in summer because it's more predictable. So, oh. in, well, in winter, at least, you know when a snowstorm is coming in and oh, you right. know delays where summer and well, and you, you live in D.C. and Ghana was there for many years, thunderstorms or whatever, are really throwing a big wrench in your travel plans. So, but, um, but yeah, no, I always try to also then take time and uh, catch up with the local folks and, and also offer my time. So I always say, hey, if you have a customer visiting me and uh, and the other thing, people always ask me, well, how do we get time with you? What is the criteria for you to come? And I always say, if you feel I add value, I'm coming. So um, don't be shy to reach out. So yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah that's great. So and so I want to thank you for uh, joining us on the yeah. podcast. It's been a long, long while that we haven't had you on. So I'm glad this is the first chance we've been able to do it. But, um, this is a, a great uh Thank you for, for doing this, and thanks for all you do too, because it's you've helped us so far. Uh, you know, with a lot of our customers, help them understand the value of Red Hat better than uh, you know just uh, going in with a, a sales rep and an SA to explain things. Um, you know, you being able to reach out and say, "Oh, do you want to talk to uh, you know an engineering director about mm-hmm. storage?" And, and you know, you line that up. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. And uh, yeah, no, I see myself as an extension of. The field and sales and uh, kind of hopefully provide value and and and, and help people and as it um, it's been great and uh, and yeah as Gunnar said I, I'm lucky to have one of the best jobs in Red Hat I think so yeah <laughs> yeah all right well thanks Gunnar thanks for uh, recording this and we'll talk to everybody later. Mm-hmm.